it's been a few years since you folks started <laughs> working down there. Uh, and where we are now, what what this is being called, revised cost to complete estimate from Southern Nuclear, increasing from 7.3 billion to 8.4 billion, reflected in a projected loss for the Southern Company, as reported to the SEC, that other SEC, the Security and Exchange Commission, and building those reactors three and four down there at Vogel. What's the takeaway here? Well, Jill is right. This is risky. It, 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 it has been risky from the beginning. And having a bankrupt company like Westinghouse uh, go under, uh, voiding our fixed and firm contract, I mean, it has gotten more and more difficult. Uh, and so yesterday, in my opinion, it was only right that the Southern Company eat that $1.1 billion because in talking to just two of my colleagues, and remember, it only takes three on the commission to do anything, Chuck Eaton said to me there was no way he was going to approve any more money so soon after we just gave them sure. an increased budget. And Tricia Pridemore, who's our newest commissioner, she's yet to have to vote on anything, Vogel. She you know, it, it, it's very concerned about... Uh, not containing cost, and she she gave me an earful yesterday uh, about about this. So I, I really think, as Georgia Power looked at the commission and, and thought, okay, are we going to be able to get this money? Uh, they said, no, no, we're not going to this time, and we're just going to go ahead and eat this. So you know, th- there's there's criticism, Tim, frequently that supposedly this commission, me and everybody else, just does whatever the power company wants them to do. And I think this is case in point that the power company knew there was no way the commission was going to give them the money. And so they ate... Uh, over a billion dollars yesterday. Well, now, one of the things that that Jill Kaiser will say, Jill Kaiser, uh, the Southern Environmental Law Center there, one of the things she'll say is that it's one thing for Southern Company, for Georgia Power, to say, yeah, we're going to absorb that cost. We're going to eat that billion dollars, $1.1 billion. They actually are not bound to, are they? Well, $700 million they wrote down, and that is gone forever. Uh, the $400 million of contingency that was a part of what they wrote down yesterday, they, in fact, if they spend it, and it's prudent, and it's reasonable, it's a bunch of ifs, mm-hmm. then they would be able to get that back. And you folks on the, the PSC project. are the ones who determine prudent and reasonable. Yeah, that's right. We hold the purse for uh, Georgia Power ratepayers. And you mentioned earlier this morning about these other co-owners, but, Tim, they, you know, they have, like Jackson EMC, Walton EMC, they do have... A share in this. Yeah, exactly. But they've got no way to write anything down. No. Uh, and so, you know, fortunately, they had built in some contingency. I'm a member of Jackson EMC. I, I live over in Jefferson now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and they had built in some contingency. But uh, it is a dilemma. And, it you know, as we look over in South Carolina and look at um, the disaster they've had over there for What's canceling. What's the name of that one? That was the VC Summer plant summer, yeah. uh, near Columbia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, what do you do? Do you just throw in the towel and give up all of this money, uh, or do you keep going? And I tell you why I'm go- I tell you why I keep going. I went to China in May. I saw the exact plant working over there. It's no longer theoretical. I know it can be done, and so I came back here with just a new zealousness to finish this thing. And fortunately. 
uh, on this bad announcement right. yesterday, Georgia Power is eating this money. Yeah, well, I'm going to guess that you found Tim Eccles, Georgia Public Service Commissioner. I'm going to guess that you found an entirely different regulatory structure in China. I mean, you're talking about, that. yeah, it can be done. I've never doubted that scientifically, that mechanically, that in terms of construction, it can be done. I've believed that from the first day. No reason not to believe that. And as you, okay, you've seen proof positive that physically it can be done, but there are other factors. I, I don't know that it took China uh, quite the, the burden of climbing some of the regulatory hills that the southern companies have to do here. No, uh, it... You know, this it's been said that, you know, they when China wants to do something, they just do it. They, right. you know, they don't have to go through all these agencies. And that's true. Uh, you know, but our problem right now is that we are having trouble finding people to be able to work at the plant. We need hundreds of electricians that we can't find. You're telling me that's why this project is so far behind schedule? It's literally a labor shortage? I'm saying that, that part of this $700, $700 million increase is due to the fact that we haven't been able to find the labor. We're paying a lot for the labor that we have. There is a shortage of wow. electricians. Well, I, mean, I remember you saying for years, even during the worst of the recession, well, again, this was going on then or shortly thereafter, that, you know, listen, if you can pass a drug test and weld, get down to Burke County, there's work for you down yeah, there. Yeah, and that was when we needed welders. Now we've moved to another stage of the project where we need, where we need electricians. We're laying all the, the wiring is going mm-hmm. in now. And you just need hundreds and hundreds and hundreds because there, uh, there are thousands of miles of wire uh, in this in this plant. <laughs> it sounds. I mean, honestly, it sounds like if President Trump hadn't made America so great again, you'd have the workers you needed. I mean, you got to that situation now. And we've talked about this in many other contexts. Uh, you're talking about jobs that need to be filled. There are more of those than there are people across our economy to fill the jobs. You know, I'll be going over to the UGA Board of Visitors meeting next week, and I'm going to recommend that for our art, drama, history, and English majors (laughs) that we add into the core a welding, a pipe fitting, and an electrician class Mm. so that as these kids get out of school and they can't get a job, uh, that maybe they can go over and work at the plant uh, because these union wages are high. uh, And you know, yeah, you're out in the middle of nowhere. You're out, you're, you're out there in Burke County, but it is a it 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 is a great paying job, and we need more of them. Again, uh, the news, uh, a couple of things. The governor saying yesterday, first of all, applauding what he says is significant progress. Let's focus on that for a quick moment. Uh, is there has there been quote unquote significant progress? Yeah. So when, since taking over, remember Westinghouse goes bankrupt. Right. Uh, Southern Nuclear, which is a division of the Southern Company, they take over construction, and they had to just go back and stand everything up. Uh, and there, are, there were just the software systems alone that they had to get fluent on. Uh, all of the delinquent bills that Westinghouse, Westinghouse had contracted for stuff and didn't pay people, mm. and so you have to go back and you have to pay all of these people. This, this. This bankruptcy was a disaster, uh, and it, and it is darn amazing. near became one you couldn't overcome. If Toshiba, the parent company of Westinghouse, had gone belly up, which they almost did, uh, that would that would have killed this, right? Clear, clearly, getting the penalty payment. Remember, we had Toshiba. You know, uh, we had their signature saying that if something happened to Westinghouse, they would pay a penalty, and they did pay Georgia Power uh, and the 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 co-owners about $3.68 billion in penalties. So that penalty we immediately applied 
to all the interest that our consumers had, had, was, had been paying. That's why on everybody's bills out there, you've seen that number, you've seen that pre-charge drop. The pre-charges dropped mm. for everybody because all of that money, $3.68 billion, was applied against that. Is that the, the $25 installment no, that's, the folks that's, are getting? Is that something else? That's, that's different. Mm. The, people are getting that refund as well. But uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, as Georgia Power and Southern Nuclear have been trying to get up to speed and get this plant back, you know, going on all mm. eight cylinders, if you will, there has been things that it that it has cost you know, them that, that they that's, weren't expecting. Yeah, something that would not have occurred to me, and I, I think you're making a good point here that people need to realize that just the learning curve. The Southern Nuclear wasn't running this project, and suddenly they are. You don't just walk in the first day. This is not you know some turnkey operation. There there is a learning curve. Yeah, and, and, and we're not talking about a, a poor quality company here. I mean, JD Power rates Georgia Power. Uh, you know, in the very tip top of all utilities in America. I mean, this this company has the ability, but th- this is no simple, you know, house that they're building over there. This is a massive construction project. I, I-, I kid you not, it is more complicated than building a spaceship. 400 million of that, they could come back later if they spend it. This is contingency, meaning that they had set this money aside for additional costs. They didn't opt to use it on this particular overrun. But if they do use it, and it is prudently incurred, and, and let me just say this, any expense that's prudently incurred, they are eligible to receive that at the end of the project. Georgia law, 1991, the Integrated Resource Planning Law, says that if they spend it and it's prudently in, uh, incurred, and they take it before the commission, that they are eligible to receive that back. So she is partially right. Uh, they, they did write off $700 million. That is gone forever. They're not going to be able to get that back. But $400 million of it could be coming back. All right, uh, Tim Eccles, let's, let's bottom line this quickly and move on to some other stuff here. Uh, still aiming for a 2022 completion date? Yeah, 2021. We're still on schedule. Well, the schedule hasn't slipped it's the money that's well, slipped. And remember, yes and no. It was originally scheduled for 16 and 17, right? Yeah, yeah. But since they've taken it over, yeah, okay. the schedule hadn't slipped. Okay. Uh, so part of what they've had to do to get it to stay on schedule is hire more and more and more people mm-hmm. and have them working longer and longer. So they are really compressing things over there and trying to get uh, the project finished on time. Why are they trying to get it on time? Because we impose more penalties if mm-hmm. they're late. So they're trying to avoid having their return. It's on like the guy who builds the highway. I mean, there's incentives built in and disincentives built that, in. That's exactly to- the way Commissioner McMurray does mm-hmm. it now, that if yeah. you're late, yeah. you start losing money. Sure. And that's what's going to happen here with Georgia Power. So they are scrambling to be able to get this thing done on time. All right, two-part question. What was the original budget? I mean, original back in the day. What was the original budget, and what do we think this thing thing's going to come in with? Yeah, originally it was $5.6 billion For two new reactors. Yeah, and now it's ten point five for okay. Georgia Power's portion, ten point five. We haven't we haven't uh, we haven't increased that. I mean, they're going to spend way more than that. And with all the money that Westinghouse spent, I mean, yeah, this thing is expensive. But you can't you can't look at it like that. I think what what we have to look at it is what is the impact 
to ratepayers on their bills, right? So nobody's going to care what the total amount is. What they want to know is how much is my bill going to go up? And we estimated that the total increase in the bill from start to finish would be between 5 and 12 percent. And I think that will be closer, a whole lot closer to 12 uh, because we're, we're already, you know, we've already pre-charged them for the interest. And that's, that's accumulating. That's money you won't have to pay later. And of course, people had problems with that. But it will be, it will be good that, that all of that has been prepaid. But once these things finally go into rates, we will have an increase in 2023 and it will probably be to the tune of, since we've charged them already about half of it, another 6% increase in 2023. I hope this isn't as dumb a question as it sounds in my head, but I'll ask it anyway. That never stops me. Where's the electricity go? Who benefits from this? Once the electricity starts flowing from these new reactors, who's, who's, whose home's getting powered well, up? Well, it's enough to power about a half a million homes. Uh, so... Think about this, that electrons are used kind of locally. So if you, you know, if, if you're in Atlanta, you're using electrons made from natural gas okay. over at uh, Plant McDonough. If you're over in the eastern part of the state, including here, you're probably using electrons that are coming out of the nuclear power plant. If you're down in Macon or a little south, you're using electrons from the big coal plant at Plant Shearer down in Juliet. So uh, it will be all Georgians that are okay. benefiting from it, though. Good enough. Tim Eccles, Georgia Public Service. Jarred a memory. I heard this just a couple of days ago. I was talking about different ways, gas and other ones, to get electricity. I heard this just a moment ago. And you, you, we, the, the joke forever has been that the United States manages to have the only ally in all the Middle East with no oil. Well, I'm hearing now Israel's got LPG. You hearing this? I didn't hear that Israel was drilling, uh, you know, for oil. I, I tell you what I did hear yesterday from the German consul general that shocked me. I was at an event seeing off the, the guy who had been the consul general, and he looked at Dove Wilker, who runs the uh, American Jewish Committee, uh, and he said in the group that Germany is forever committed to protecting Israel and Jewish people forever. Wow. Uh, and I, I was sitting there going, man, that is some more apology and taking personal responsibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, there's, there's something to be said about righting the wrongs that you've been responsible for. And I was uh, I was stunned to hear that. So Israel has a lot of allies, yeah. you know, including us and Germany and, and others. Hope so. What do you make? We're 89 days away. Uh, it, 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 obviously, you're a Republican. You're going to be supporting Brian Kemp and his campaign, even though you supported Casey Cagle during the uh, the primary and the, the runoff there. Uh, 89 days out. It. Is there a way for Brian Kemp to lose this, or another way to ask that? Is there a way for Stacey Abrams to win this? Well, I, I do think Stacey's being pretty shrewd right now by kind of staying above the fray. Remember, I, I mentioned that on an Israel trip I had with Stacey that that we gave uh, everybody on the trip nicknames, mm-hmm. uh, and you had to you had to approve of your nickname, and Stacey <laughs> approved of the nickname Landmine. Uh, <laughs> And so if you think about what she's doing now, she's staying above the fray. She's getting credit for being nice. Um, but yet there, there's going to be California money and everything else coming in here and hitting Brian Kemp below the belt mm-hmm. uh, and saying all kind of ugly things. 
Well, that's one thing about the, 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 the Citizens United and all these PACs. It's one of the it enables you as the candidate to be nice because other people can be sleazy on your behalf. No, I I mean I think Brian needs to run scared, uh, and and I'm working for him, and so is so is a bunch of other people. Remember, I have two colleagues that are on uh, that are that are on the ballot, and frankly, if my two colleagues lose, there's a chance Plant Vogel could go down. Now Chuck Eaton is one. Who's the other? Chuck Eaton and Tricia Pridemore. I was right. She was appointed, but now right into the yeah. election fray she goes. You know, yeah. They're both very committed to finishing the plant. They didn't want to absorb the cost yesterday, mm. and and resisted that, but. Uh, if I lose those two colleagues, uh, with Commissioner McDonald and Everett saying they're going to retire in 2020, mm. if we got another two Democrats, I could be sitting here in 2021 with me and four Democrats. Uh, and these Democrats have already said, we're going to shut the plant down. Forget the labor, forget the 6,000 jobs, we're going to shut the plant down. And so I am concerned about that. So I think Brian, I think everybody underneath Brian uh uh, their destiny is is dependent. Oh yeah, upon these him. are listen. These are straight ticket elections anymore. I, I think in Georgia, I keep hearing this stuff about the Democrats. Well, watch John Barrow or watch Otha Thornton or some of these guys. Is it, these are straight party votes anymore in Georgia? Look, Stacey and Stacy and John Barrow are are, are are premier politicians. I mean, they they know what they're doing, and we have to take them seriously. Uh, so. And Republicans out there have got to have got to get out there and work for you know for the ticket you know just like I am. But I, I, Tim, it's the year of the woman, <laughs> and I, frankly, I would hate to be on the ballot against a woman this year because it's probably worth five or six percentage points just to be female on the ballot. I don't know that that's right. For people just to vote for someone because of their gender, but well, that's identity politics, and, and certainly the Democrats play it. Now they'll say Republicans play it. They're just about old white guys anyway, and they'll say that's that's what Republicans do. But I know it's what Democrats do. Well, I, I don't think this is right to do, but certainly they've got some very qualified candidates, and I believe the the race you know could come down to something as close as this Ohio race was.